What do you get when you get two frustrated Devils personalities having an overall discussion of what should happen to the organization? You actually get a very pretty interesting show. Buckle up. I am doing a crossover with Jersey Joe. He is another fellow Devils podcaster. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And the New Jersey Devils have dropped their sixth game in a row, losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 3-2. to Now, in this game, I'll give credit when credit is due. The Devils played a much better brand of hockey, but just not enough to make me satisfied because it's just frustrating at this point because we can no longer just accept moral victories. We are like 10 miles past that at this point we need to start seeing change we need to start seeing action and we got to play the Pittsburgh Penguins again on Tuesday so uh, tomorrow when this episode goes live so um, essentially we, we need to see some drastic changes happen for the New Jersey Devils now I've been very patient with uh, Lindy Ruff and overall his coaching style and overall just what he could potentially bring to our organization but at this point guys and I talked about it in my last episode when you're looking at the results of the Washington Capitals and also the New York Rangers you see Peter LaViolette and also Gerard Gallant just uh, thriving in their environments and then you see uh, the New Jersey Devils just basically taking a couple steps back compared to where they were last season. At, if I'm Lindy Ruff, I'm sleeping with one eye open just because like I'm stressed out. I don't know what's going to happen because at this point, it just seems like Lindy Ruff has just lost the organization and it seems like the Devils are just going through the movement at this point. It doesn't seem like there's any sense of urgency and we can no longer use the excuse saying, oh, we have players out due to COVID. We have players out due to illness. We have players out due to injury because I get that. You're missing a few key guys due to those circumstances. However, you know what doesn't really uh, cost us anything? Effort or just showing some sort of determination to want to win. At least they showed it in this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'll give them credit in that instance. But that last game on Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings in which we lost 5-2 to and we let Dylan Larkin um, get a hat trick within the first two periods, that's unacceptable. That cannot happen. Now, I just want to say that I was correct. I did say that Dawson Mercer will try to assert himself in that game because the past four games he had put up nothing but zeros. He had a plus minus a negative four. So I'm glad he got a goal that game, and he had a few scoring opportunities in this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. However, just wasn't meant to be, but overall, it's just very frustrating for the New Jersey Devils, and like I said, I'm just running out of things to say. I know my buddy Neil at Devil State of Mind, he tweeted out saying that it's hard to watch the Devils. It's hard to just basically talk about uh, these certain circumstances happening for the Devils organization because, let me me just say this, it it is very difficult, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, because it, it seems like we're going through the motions as well because we're saying the same thing over and over again because we 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 need to see change in this organization and we're not seeing that right now i'm tired of reporting losses i can't remember the last time i reported a win and it, it, it it's just frustrating and at the same time at least last season my expectations for the devils weren't really that high but this this year just entering this season with the acquisitions we made uh the hope i had for jack hughes my, my expectations were moderate to say the least and you know I, I said at the beginning of the year my expectations for that year were moderate just due to the fact that um you know I, I didn't want to get too disappointed but I didn't want to get too happy either I just wanted to keep 
a happy medium but at the same time it's just like can you guys do better my expectations for you weren't that low so it's very frustrating and a tough time to be a Devils fan right now so I don't want to sulk in my misery all alone so I am going to bring in Jersey Joe he's another former Devils podcaster I've mentioned him on this show plenty of times before in fact uh, towards the beginning of the year after the Chicago Blackhawks game in which we got the game-winning goal uh, thanks to Jack Hughes in OT uh jersey joe and i actually did a crossover we did our reactions of the game we talked about our overall predictions for the season we talked about players to look out for so he's been on the show before and now the circumstances are changed a little bit i wish the circumstances were uh better but i decided to switch it up a little bit so for any of you who uh might know this act ever heard of puddles pity party this is goes out to anyone who watched america's got talent a couple years ago or people who are just very indulged in the music industry or the entertainment industry and they you know this clown he's like a six foot uh sad clown who sings like opera songs or soul songs things of that nature and he calls himself puddles pity party because he's a sad clown and that's the whole act of it but uh so we're gonna store to do something like that we're gonna do a new jersey devil's pity party but it's not just gonna be poor old trey just oh man sulking oh the devils are bad why not uh feed off another devil's fan slash uh devil's personality and just sulk together and we feed off each other and we just say here's where we can approve here were my surprises here are my downgrades because over the summer you guys might remember towards the end of july i did a week worth of episodes of just me talking to devil's personalities and just saying hey what were your overall uh reactions from the seasons what are your expectations coming into this season what are you looking forward to in the expansion draft what are you looking forward to uh when free agency sort of ends for the devils who are you expecting them to get what are the rumors yada 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 i've talked to uh dan rice i've talked to alex jabonsi uh chris wessel robert Inkin jr and also uh once again neil from devil state of mind we basically just spoke and fed off each other i also spoke to cory masasek a couple weeks later which by the way i can't believe i didn't mention this sooner but best of luck to cory masasek he will no longer be covering the devils for the athletic he has moved on to the san jose sharks organization so no more me referencing cory from the athletic but don't worry uh i i heard they hired someone else and i can't wait to hear her point of view uh because i i'm gonna have to rely on that because she works for the athletic she works for the devils so i she is a reliable source so i'm gonna have to uh, from now on quote her instead of Corey Massasek it's going to be hard it's going to be difficult because I've been quoting and also using Corey Massasek as a source since my first time here at the Locked On Podcast Networks but you know what things change and sometimes they change for the better but like I said best of luck to Corey Massasek and his new venture with the San Jose Sharks organization but back to what I was saying Jersey Joe and I will be sulking in each other's misery and we're going to be talking about an overall solution and an overall plan for the New Jersey Devils and we're also going to be talking about uh, who are our surprises who are our disappointments and basically just saying hey this player was a disappointment but here's why or hey this player was exciting to see but I kind of see this player also blooming but uh, you you get the point of it we're basically just going to feed off each other we're going to be talking about what's going wrong for the team we're going to give our overall opinions and also Jersey Joe has some anonymous sources about the Devils looking for a potential new head coach and he gave his list so we're going to be talking about that in a second but first let's talk about fashion real quick shall we so uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not but I am a huge sneaker head I have Nikes I have Adidas I have Jordans galore but you know what goes well with a great pair of J's 
a great pair of socks. Now, you're probably wondering, what what what, what are you talking about? Well, why, why are we talking about socks? Well, I want to tell you about Stance because Stance is just so comfortable. It's so vibrant. It's so expressive. And I just love its brand. I first saw it in my video game a few years ago when it was a sponsor of it. And I, I checked it out. And they have some pretty legitimate uh, clothing to choose out from, especially socks. So Stance was founded in 2009. Its uh, apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. That's how I feel about fashion. So, you know, wear something that's in your style. As you guys know, huge sneaker head, but I like to, a pair of socks to go with it. And I, I don't want the boring old white socks. I want something vibrant. I want something expressive. I want something that represents me and my energy. So uh, some of my favorite designs are like uh, something from uh, Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley, MLB, NBA, and Pixar. And Stance provides all of that. So you can express yourself by wearing your favorite movie character on your socks. So uh, I really love so socks because they're just so comfortable and it it's just so easy to wear. So I highly recommend if you're ordering from Stance, look at their sock selection because I, I know a lot of people don't really think about socks, but trust me, when you go to Stance, they're great. They're fantastic. So Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in so that uh, those who feel good do good as well. So go see yourself, register for an account at Stance.com and get 50% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary sock with Stance. And they don't just sell socks. They sell all sorts of other apparel. So go check it out. See their selections. I, I think they're awesome. And now the second live read, I talked about my energy and I just talked about what I like to bring when it comes to me just presenting myself in a room. So you know what I need to also go with that? I need a built Bar. So the holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, a built Bar. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Uh, will you go for raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to burst down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Trust me, it gets very hectic. And, or maybe you're just standing in line and you just want some energy because the line is so long, it's moving so slow, and you're just feeling a little lethargic, you're about to fall asleep, take a Bilt Bar with you because, trust me, you will need it because it's the season of peace and love, so you probably don't want to bring up your favorite uh, Bilt Bar flavor at a family party, party because people are so passionate about their favorite flavors. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell the big man to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings, and if you're extra good, maybe he'll grant you your wish. So, want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt and give your beverage a little bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand because that could get a little messy. So, like many of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, well, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good. You won't even believe they're filled with protein. Offer, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Okay, let's talk to Jersey Joe and just sulk in our misery. It is a New Jersey Devil's Pity Party, so let's take it away. Okay, what do you get when you get two Devil's personalities who have to cover a very mediocre team? 
Well, you get two Devil's Media personalities just sulking in their misery. So please welcome Jersey Joe to the show. He's been on this show before, but uh, the context is a little different because we did an episode uh, after the first game of the year in which Jack Hughes got the game-winning goal against the Chicago Blackhawks. But uh, Joe, a, a lot has changed for the Devils and not for the betterment. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of changes on this time. I mean, you can listen to our voices from that first episode, but now it's like a complete 180. So there's there's a lot to uh, talk about, and there's a lot going on where Lindy Ruff pretty much is losing the room, if not already losing it. Yeah, we'll talk about Lindy Ruff a little bit uh, later. But first, I, I just want to talk about expectations for this team because coming into the season, I thought this team, like, fully healthy, things of that nature. I thought we could be, like, a dark horse team if we were competing for, like, a, a wild card spot. I, I knew we wouldn't be one of the top three teams in the Metropolitan Division. I knew that wasn't realistic uh, from that standpoint. However, I just – thought that maybe we'd be uh, just, just like I said, just competing for a wild card spot. And I actually found something interesting. If, if the NHL was to theoretically do a bubble for the COVID outbreak, we would actually be one of the teams invited. We would just be doing a play in, but uh, our chances would be slim, but uh, nonetheless, it's just like, you know, we, we, we have not reached expectations and I think it's worse than last year because last year I didn't have many expectations. However, this season, obviously, with the acquisition of Dougie Hamilton, uh, we got Jonathan Bernier, Thomas Tatar. Uh, we, we saw the surgeons of Dawson Mercer. We saw the hype for Alexander Holtz. Unfortunately, he's just not ready yet. Um, what were your expectations coming into the season, Jersey, Joe? My expectations was at least no higher than a seventh and eighth seed at the, at the ceiling and be somewhere between – about eighth and 16th if it were coming down to the draft lottery. So that was kind of my expectation out of it. If things were to go proper. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, uh, the devils are actually currently playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, there's a minute left in the first period of play and the devils are trailing one to nothing. Currently we are on a five game uh, losing streak. It's been bad the last few games, but um, what was the biggest disappointment you would say? Like, which player has just disappointed you the most? The player that you had high expectations for coming into the season and then just completely fell flat on their face? Uh, for me, it has to be – I know he's kind of surging a little bit, but he's taking a little while to surge, and it is Tomas Tatar. And I think the system he's playing in is pretty toxic – May, may I use that? I mean, offensively, he's starting to pick up, but he just has been falling flat for me early on, and, and he's slowly catching up. Hmm. Well, you know, I did have high expectations for Tatar because when we first um, signed him, I was like, okay, here's a diamond in the rough kind of player. Here's our top six kind of guy just because um, if we think about it from this standpoint, like – he was able to lead uh, the Montreal Canadiens in, in scoring just a couple seasons ago. Unfortunately, he was benched for a majority of their uh, Stanley Cup finals run just a season ago. And when we got him, I was just like, OK, his defense is not that good, but his offense is actually pretty solid. And we got our top six guy. But 
The player I'm going to say is Sharon Govich because last year I, I constantly said throughout the entirety of the season that Sharon Govich was my favorite player just because I loved his backstory. I loved his um, I, I, I just loved his journey getting to the NHL fifth round pick uh, uh, out of uh, Belarus. No one really anticipated much from him, like his chances to get to the NHL were pretty pretty slim because, you know, your chances of making the NHL if you're a fifth round draft pick are like 5% or things of that nature. And the fact that he worked uh, over in Belarus, he worked uh, in our AHL program. And the fact that he basically earned his spot because he did so well in training camp. And, you know, he went from a, just a bomb six kind of guy to getting the game winning goal against the Boston Bruins and just basically putting his name on the map and just people, like there. people saying like, you know, Oh, who is this guy? Like, like, you know, where, where is he from? You know, that things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I would have to say Sharon Govich coming into this year, I had high expectations. He did actually pretty well in the scrimmages, but he, he's just not reached expectations. And we we've tried everything. We, we tried putting him on the top line, uh, top six. And unfortunately he's just completely, fallen flat on his face and he's had his moments here and there, but for the most part, I, I think what he was able to do last season, he's nowhere close to doing it this season. So he's been the biggest disappointment in my opinion. I mean, coaching wise, if you were able to let him play with a Yanni Quokin, Jack, we know can be a really great playmaker, great stick handler, you know, great at passing, except maybe for one play tonight to, to Dougie, but Still, I would think the chemistry with Sharon Govich on, you know, the uh, on the on the forehand side of Jack Hughes would make a lot more sense um, because Sh Sharon Govich could get the pucks off really quick, and he did have success with Quoganin last year. But I think it's a chemistry problem for him. A chemistry problem? Hmm, that's. That's actually pretty interesting because I didn't think about that because we do need to, uh, you know, take into consideration that Jack Hughes uh, got hurt the second game of the year against the Seattle Kraken. So um, we, we always knew that Jack Hughes can thrive without Sharon Govich and Quokinen. However, the question was, and mainly this was at Quokinen, can, can Sharon Govich and Quokinen thrive without Jack Hughes? And I thought Sharon Govich, yeah, absolutely. As long as he has a good centerman, I'm sure he'll be just fine. But um, for Yanni Kwokinen, he he's another player who I had mild expectations for. Like out of the top line last last season between him, Sharon Govich, and Hughes, Kwokinen had the least amount of production, but it was still respectable uh, for what we were you know expecting out of him. And unfortunately, this season, it, I sometimes forget that he's on the roster. Quite honestly, like sometimes I just forget he's there. So. You know, maybe it is a chemistry thing, but at the same time, you know, the 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 fact still stands that both of them have um, depleted expectations because, you know, I, I always called my show Locked on Sharon Govich. I said Sharon Govich was my favorite player. I, I still like Sharon Govich, don't get me wrong, but it's just like I, I expect just a little bit better from him, if that makes sense. But I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating, man, because it's just like the, the, this team had a decent amount of expectations going into the season. And yet, somehow, some way, we're unable to just um, – how would I say this? We're, we're just unable to even meet expectations, which weren't really that high. But um, that, that kind of leads into my next thing. 
and that's the coaching staff. Like, what are your opinions on the coaching staff? Because I, l- l- let me just paint this picture. And, and I said on my show before, the reason why Lindy Ruff decided to keep around everybody on the coaching staff from last year was just because he felt as though it would be unfair to fire everybody just because like, you know, the season didn't go as planned, obviously, but you know, this was a COVID uh, type of season. Uh, we only played 56 games, no practice, no film, nothing really involving big crowds or anything. So he just felt like it would be unfair to assess them after that season. But, you know, sometimes when you give someone a second chance, it doesn't always work out. And this is the case right here. So what are your opinions on the coaching staff? Well, first off, let's talk about Mark Recchi. Everyone who's done the fire Recchi chant, uh, I don't blame them for saying that. And he deserves every bit of it. I mean, if, if anyone has read a bit of The Art of War, there's a line where it talks about if it's the fault of the general where the, you know, the general makes things clear, you know, and there's the soldiers do everything in their part to do something right and things weren't communicated properly. I blame it on the coaching staff. And so Recky is part of that. And so is Nasruddin and Nasruddin. We've been seeing the defense ever since the game against Minnesota and Winnipeg, the devil's been letting up at least four goals, five goals a game. And I have to also blame some of the players with it too. And it has to do with, you know, they're either fine-tuning out the player. I mean, the players fine-tuning out the coach. So there's a bit of both to blame. But if you get rid of the coaching staff, then you have the players to hold accountable next. Yeah, uh, accountability is definitely important. Uh, because, you know, I, I haven't left the players off the hook. Because if a player is not stepping up their game, I call them out on the show. But uh, I guess the million-dollar question, Joe, is that, uh, is it time to move on from Lindy Ruff? Because I've been very, I think out of every Devils fan, out, out of every Devils media personality, I think I've been the most patient with them. I was just like, hold up, let's not fire him quite yet. Let's give him a chance. I think he's leading us in the right direction. He got the most out of a lot of our young players last season. So, you know, some of them are off to slow starts, but like, you know, let, let, let's slow down a little bit. We need some sort of stability, stability when it comes to a head coach, because if, if Lindy Ruff is hypothetically fired within the next week or so, this will be Jack Hughes's fourth head coach in a matter of two years. And you, you can't have that for your star player because your star player needs an established system. So that way you can have a plan to, to execute. So my question for you, Joe, do we fire Lindy Ruff? Do we fire the entirety of the coaching staff? Do we fire some of the coaching staff or do we leave it as it, as it is right now? I think what it comes down to is if it comes down to the head coach getting fired, you're also looking at guys like Reiki and Nasruddin who've been underperforming this year. And last year, even in the bubble, I mean, the bubble season that the Devils had, they underperformed in power plays. And that was in Reiki's first year with the Devils. So I, I hold accountability to him even more this year because, you know, guys like Sharon Govich, guys like Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton should be scoring at will. And the Devils traditionally, even on their subpar years, are still pretty good on the power play. And 
I can see why Pittsburgh said no to uh, Recky. And Nazardine's been, like I said, he's been here too long. He's another John Hines guy. He just, to me, doesn't fit the mold anymore. I would rather have someone like a Breeland or a Deneen brought up to replace them. So speaking of uh, potential head coaches, you actually, uh, before we start recording, you actually told me a list of head coaches that the New Jersey Devils are possibly looking at. Now, I'm not sure if you want to name your sources or not. Well, if you want to leave it anonymous, that's perfectly fine. But um, who are some of those candidates that the Devils are looking at? I just want to say for the record, nothing is confirmed. Nothing is denied. This is just like exploring the, the options just a little bit. Worse comes to worse. So from my anonymous insider, I was told Claude Julien is in there. Um, that's what anonymous is hearing. Uh, John Tortorella is mentioned. Uh, the big whale out there is Ricard Grunberg, who is the Swedish uh, coach in the Swiss NLA league for the uh, Zurich Lions. And the Devils actually had um, interest in him and he had interest in the Devils, but his uh, club contractually said no um, about a year or two ago. And Kevin Deneen is the worst case scenario for head coach. Why is uh, Kevin Deneen the worst case scenario? I mean, because because that's the that's our uh, Utica Comets head coach, right? Right. Well, it's like you want to have your internal option. Um, like you always want to have your fallback plan internal. So let's say something doesn't work out with the first couple guys. At least you got someone from within your organization you know about, and they know about the players. I think they, in the end, they might as well go with Deneen, who is not exactly a retrend exactly, but he has coached in the past. But he's gotten back to being in the AHL and come to work his way back in the NHL. I feel as though if we do hire Kevin Demean as our uh, next head coach, I feel as though he would be like an interim head coach. Like I don't see him as a long-term solution. I get what you're saying. And I, I just think that's setting him up for failure because right now he's establishing a great thing in our AHL program. Just, uh, you know, uh, I, I, rem I remember uh, seeing Alex Chabonsi of the hockey writers uh, tweet this out saying that uh, the Utica comments were like, eight, one and two, or I mean, I mean, sorry, 18, one and two to, just to make that better. But um, uh, yeah, but I, I feel as though if we bring them up, especially into this dumpster fire, we're just setting them up for failure. And that's another thing is like, it's going to be a hard pitch to like get a decent coach to New Jersey because they're just going to think like, look, you guys are a dumpster fire. You're not going anywhere. You have all this talent on this roster yet. We can't get the most out of it. And um you're just setting me up for failure. I don't know. I, I, at first I was a fan of the Mark Recchi hiring by Lindy Ruff because I was thinking Mark Recchi, former player, um, you know, he's a champion. He's played on a championship uh, franchise before. Uh, I think he was a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins' um, uh, uh, championship season a while ago I, I, in the front office. So I'm just like, okay, I like this. I like this. Maybe, maybe he can bring that experience to the bench for the New Jersey Devils, but the more I think about it, it's just like, think about all the talent in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization, because some of them are still there. 
he couldn't get the most out of those players. How is he going to get the best out of our players, players who still have not established themselves in the league? Like, I think our most established player, and this is arguable, uh, is Dougie Hamilton, because Dougie Hamilton is already in a running for a major NHL award, which is the, um, the Norris Trophy. But, you know, even he still has room to grow. And Jack Hughes is like, we know what we can get out of Jack Hughes, but we don't. Uh, but the the entire league doesn't. So, I, uh, you know, th- th- that's how I think about it from that perspective. So I, I-, I just don't know. I-, I just don't know who who would want to come to New Jersey to just coach us, because if I'm if I'm a free agent head coach, I'm just like, I don't want to come over here just because I feel like you'd be setting me up for failure. Well, I mean, Tortorella, could put, he he has a short fuse, but he would get a work in the system that he wants. And it's about how much autonomy does he want. And, you know, you look at Tom Fitzgerald, he should have gone with Gerard Gallant while he had the chance. And he was my favorite at that time when I was with the puck authority, I was like, this guy Gallant has done really well with Florida. He's done very well in Vegas and he gets kicked out every three years. And, my thing is, like, he does well with veterans and young guys, but, you know, the Devils have to look at it this way. Julien, you know, he has history with the Devils. He's also coached against the Devils, and he's coached in Boston and in Montreal. And he's done really well with guys in Boston that goalies like Tuka Rask and so on and so forth – probably dealt with Hamilton on several occasions. And you just think of it this way. Like I rather have someone who's seasoned and not too calm, but has a good patience and a balanced attack, you know, kind of like Montreal had for a little while with Julien, but I could see maybe a, a reunification with him. If Tortorella doesn't want to come and if Gromberg can't come. So I think those are my first two choices out of those uh, mentioned. Don't worry, there's still more in store with me and Jersey Joe, and you can bet on that. Speaking of bet, Bet Online has you covered all season long, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues to march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts okay uh make sure you visit our friends at locked on bets for all your betting needs there as well and please 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 remember to gamble responsibly especially around the holiday season okay back to our discussion with jersey joe because we have a lot more to discuss in terms of what's going to happen to the new jersey Devils organization so let's take it away once again but okay. i'm not against Deneen coming up but i would rather wait for him next couple of seasons. I mean, if he does come up, I would want him like not as at the helm of it, but he could be on the bench, but just not at the helm of everything. Cause I just don't think, I, I don't think that's in his best interest, but you do raise up some interesting uh, topics. And actually a, a topic that you just brought up was uh, Gerard Gallant, because uh, the, I, I talked about it in my show recently, because 
look where the Washington Capitals are at right now and look where the New York Rangers are at right now. And who's the head coach of the Washington Capitals? Peter Laviolette. And who's the head coach of the New York Rangers? Gerard Gallant. And uh, like I told Devils fans, do those two names sound familiar? Those are two names that uh, potentially could have been our next head coach. But I, I think for Lavi, uh, we weren't willing to give him the money that he wanted. And for Gerard Gallant, I think we just flat out passed on him for Lindy Ruff. And, you know, look, and, and like I said, j- focus more on the Rangers and the Devils comparison because both of them are very young teams. And one of them is a, a perennial playoff team. And the other is just looking and begging for scraps at this point. And that's us. Yeah. Well, if anyone remembers Moneyball, they talk about, as Billy Bean said, and this is where they are. And then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. Well, to put it this way, I mean, we're still not out of a wild card spot, but if we can get a really good coach who really likes the pieces that we have here, who believes in the system and can do a better job of it, I think the team can have someone who is a veteran coach who knows what it takes to get the best out of everyone, both defensively and offensively. And if you can bring in, you know, some other new coaches like, if let's say Claude Julian comes in and says, sure, I'll allow Mr. Eliash to run the power play and, you know, do this and that and help clear up the offense a little bit more. And maybe someone, maybe Chris Taylor or someone else does the defensive side, you know, it would be a much cleaner coaching staff, maybe a few minds to work with and players who don't want to have to tune out you know, the coaching staff anymore. But the past several games, like, I mean, last 10 games, they've been tuning out the coach on the ice from what I've seen in their body language. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's always hard to make those assumptions. Um, going back to what you said about uh, Claude Julian, uh, he coached the New Jersey Devils 2006, 2007, for anyone who uh, wasn't aware. Uh, it didn't work out. He... Uh, was only there for a season. He got fired. But, um, uh, yeah, reunion, eh, it could be possible. Uh, Tortorello, I, I kind of have my doubts a little bit just because, you know, I think we all know uh, – <laughs> I think we all know what went down for the Columbus Blue Jackets, just just saying. Like, we, we all know what went down, and uh, he wasn't able to get um, really anywhere – with Columbus, like they were always like a first round exit, but then again, that's better than where we're at right now. So we'll take that in a heartbeat, but uh, you know, I, I do have to give respect when respect is due because uh, uh, Tortorello and Julian, they're both um, NHL Stanley cup winners uh, in, in, during their coaching careers. Uh, uh, Tortorello was able to Tortorello was able to do that uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning, 2003, 2004. And then, um, uh, Claude Julian did it with the Boston Bruins uh, about 10 years ago. So, you know, got to give respect when re- respect is uh, due. But um, the, the Stanley Cup or a playoff experience really matter because that's another factor that I try to consider just because, you know, we need a coach who's like been there before, just like has been in the thick of things, knows like what it takes to get to the playoffs because 
you're right. We're not out of a wild card spot, but just based on how we're playing right now, we're not making it any easier on ourselves. Like, I know this guy just recently re-signed from Winnipeg because he mentioned that it, he didn't lose the room for NHL.com, but Paul Maurice I've always liked. You know, he's someone who felt he couldn't get the rest out of the, the guys, and <clears throat> but he's gotten a lot out of Winnipeg in, you know, their post-Atlanta Thrashers days, and – I like what Maurice has done. He's gotten them from being, you know, a laughing stock from relocation from Atlanta to being a guy that can get, you know, the young guys like a Shifley, Ehlers, Cop, you name it, you can name it, even Morrissey uh, in Winnipeg. And we've seen what Winnipeg could do under Paul Maurice. I like the system that he runs where he allowed, he allows his forwards to be forwards and his defenseman to, you know, be supportive and, you know, not be, you know, stationary. And they play – I know they're, like, a little messy this year, but they still are above 500, and we're below 500. So I'd rather have someone who's been to the playoffs the past four seasons but hasn't gone to the Stanley Cup final yet. So it would be an upgrade over Lindy Ruff at this point, someone who's younger. Someone who's younger and just yeah, because that's another thing. You you are absolutely right because I, I talked about this when Lindy Ruff was uh, first hired. I just said it seems like Lindy Ruff just has one foot out the door in terms of retirement because it just doesn't seem like he has the ambition anymore to really you know be successful in the NHL. Because l- l- let me just state this for the record: he's one of the winning winningest uh, head coaches in NHL history. I'm not trying to take that away from him, but it's just like. What else does he need to accomplish? You know, it's just like he he already has he's not going to win a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils organization. It's just not going to happen. Like, you know, I, I've heard of miracles, but, you know, that that that's as high as me going to uh, Pluto and having brunch with the Pope tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that like like it's, it's nice to have, uh, you know, dreams and, and goals, but, you know, delusions, not so much. So going back to my main point, it's just like, you know, for for Lindy Ruff, it's just like, you know, I, I, I said it on my show before. It seems like New Jersey is his final stop, regardless if he finishes out the entirety of his contract or if he's fired. I, I just don't see him being a head coach somewhere else because I think he'll retire just because it's just like, you know, what else does he need to do? Quite honestly. Right. So like, I think he has one like foot out a, the door. Like, like you said, he has one foot out of the door. And what else does he really want to do? Like, I was looking at this press briefing on YouTube, on the Devils YouTube, and I look at him talk. I'm like, I'm looking at his facial expressions. I'm thinking, like, what am I really doing here? I think I've lost the room. You know, how can I get, you know, the defense and this younger coaching staff, you know, with me to get these guys rolling in the right direction? And Lenny Ruff even mentioned a few quotes during that uh, conference. And I just feel like he knows it's coming. And I think he's going to eventually say, I think I want to retire. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if he just says like, we mutually decide to part ways quite honestly. I I would not be surprised if that's the headline. I'm going to predict on this show right now. I I think once Lindy Ruff uh, and the devils have just grown tired of everything, the devils are going to fire him, but you know, out of respect, they're just going to say, 
we decided to part ways. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's the headline we will see. Um, yeah, so right now the Devils are losing to the Penguins 2-1. to one. Um, Kulkinen, uh, speaking of which, was able to get a goal. So, you know, th- uh, there's that. But, you know, still, um, I kind of want to, like, end on a positive note. So, because, you know, I, like I said, I, I like to think of myself as one of the most optimistic people in terms of the Devils expectations. Um, who has been a surprisingly good player for you? Like someone that just like, you know, because we have expectations for Jack Hughes. We have expectations for Nico Heizer, you know, Jesper Brat to an extent. Like who's someone that's genuinely surprised you? Well, you know what? I kind of had expectations for this guy, but surprised me a little bit more this season was Andreas Janssen or Johnson, if you will, for some of you in the mainstream media. But I really like the way he's starting to come around a little bit more, not just being a a two-way player, but he's starting to chip in on that uh, Brat and Mercer line. And I think he's starting to get used to playing in New Jersey than playing in Toronto now, like now that he's gotten through this whole switching from here and there from Toronto with post-COVID uh, shortened season. So it's like, I really like what he's doing. Yeah, so I would definitely have to agree with you, uh, Andreas Janssen or Johnson. I, I, I still, I, I will still call him Janssen just because it rolls off the tongue better. But um, yes, <laughs> he, I, 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 I said going into this season, and you've probably heard me say this on my show before. I said, look, I'm not giving up on Andreas Janssen quite yet, but I said give him at least half a season to prove his worth. At least give him that time frame just so he can redeem himself and if, if it's not working out then you got to find a trade option for him because um i believe he's in the second year of his three-year contract please do not quote me on that i i'm going based off of sheer memory at this point so um <laughs> uh, i i just said like you know because because andreas Janssen he does have some upside i think back to his toronto maple leafs days just a couple um years ago in which he put up solid numbers, nothing spectacular, nothing to like write home about, but certainly uh, something that's valuable for the New New Jersey Devils roster and something that can, you know, potentially give us a prospect if we did decide to trade him. So um, I would have to agree with you. Andreas Janssen has been a surprise. And I I, I told people at the beginning of the summer, give Andreas Janssen just half a season, just give him half a season to prove and redeem himself. And if he's not proven himself by the trade deadline, then, you know, you got to, try to find suitors. Otherwise you, you, you don't want to essentially give them up for nothing, but uh, I don't want to piggyback off you. So I'm going to go with Dawson. <laughs> I'm going to go with the rookie Dawson Mercer, because I think Dawson Mercer this season has been just like my favorite player, because I think out of all the players I tweet about uh, or talk about Dawson Mercer is always in a positive light. Um, I, I, I even uh, predicted for him to do something against the Detroit Red Wings, because here's an opportunity for him to go up against some other young opponents that, he's going to be uh, contending for, for the Calder Memorial trophy. But at this point, I think Lucas Raymond has this in the bag, barring anything catastrophic happening, like say an injury unexpectedly. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying, you know, just saying, but um, you know uh, yeah, I think Lucas Raymond pretty much has that in, in, in the bag. So, but you know, I just said, give Dawson Mercer some more credit. I, I was telling people like, you know, cause you know, we saw that amazing assist that Trevor Zegras had. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Your, your reaction just, just describes everyone. Michigan goal. I know. 
I know. So I was like, yep, after that, he has definitely moved past Dawson Mercer. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I think Dawson Mercer is hovering around like um, fourth or fifth in terms of the Calder Memorial Trophy uh, race. I think he'll get a couple first place votes, but uh, I think they will mostly come from people who are associated with uh, more of the East Coast teams, uh, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know who, like- I don't, I don't know what will happen, but Dawson Mercer has definitely been the biggest surprise for me this season because we talked about Alexander Holtz throughout the entirety of the offseason, whether he, if he was going to be ready or not. But Dawson Mercer, even though we did have expectations for him, I think he's uh, passed Alexander Holtz for best uh, player we drafted in last year's NHL draft. That might be a hot take, but, you know, just just look where he's at and look where Holtz is at. mentioned uh, Mercer uh, passing Holtz in uh, the development side. I mean, I would think so because it's just like we gave Holtz a chance to like prove his worth. And unfortunately, he just wasn't ready. But, you know, Dawson Mercer was ready. And I said at the beginning of the season when we were going over our um, our roster um, in, in terms of who will make the final roster, I said, look, I expect both Alexander Holtz and Dawson Mercer to make the roster. However, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, if I had to make a choice, if uh, someone said you make that choice or you're fired, I would say Dawson Mercer. Like I, I said, I said it on my show and I said, might be a little bit of a hot take, but I just see more potential out of Dawson Mercer over Alexander Holtz for the time being. And I was right. Right. Well, I will throw this in there. Like I wasn't surprised that Dawson Mercer would light the world on fire because, you know, following him in the, his draft year, you know, for Shakutami, the Saguenin and the QMJHL in uh, Quebec, He's been one of those guys that I've really liked as a two-way player. And to me, he's a future Selkie Trophy Award winner and a very likely get help get the Devils back to a playoff spot. I know anyone listening to this podcast right now, we're in a rut right now. But if you're listening to this a year or a few later and this team is out of the funk and making – this team win a ton and he's on the team. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Alexander Holtz back there because Holtz is going to play one of his last several games in the world juniors for Sweden. And it's only going to help him develop better in his age group against the best in the under twenties. And don't forget Shakir Muhammadulin is going to be in his last uh, world juniors for Russia. So um, it's going to be good for the doubles. And eventually we're going to get all those uh, 20 picks, uh, 2021, 2021 picks in soon. Oh, I'm glad you brought up uh, Dawson Mercer's defense because I actually wrote about it for uh, pucks and pitchforks when he was playing uh, for that Quebec league. He actually, it, it, correct me if I'm mistaken, I think he actually did win an award for his defense. So I said in that article, I said, hey, don't sleep on Dawson Mercer's defense either. Like his offense is impressive, but, you know, his defense also got him uh, NHL attention as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I remember writing that about that for the Pucks pucks and Pitchforks. So I'm glad you uh, brought that up. And uh, Mukama Doolin gained, he gained a lot of weight uh, over the offseason. It's good, though. It's good, though, because. He'll uh, fit into the Sasquatch squad, as you like to yes. call, as you like to call our defense, Sasquatch squad. Yeah, well, with Christian Yarosh being out due to COVID nineteen protocol, and you know they started to get a little bit of Kevin Ball in there. I mean, 
the Devils need to have that size and mobility and the offensive and defensive potential. I just think with a newer coaching staff, they could be more effective and be able to do what they can do better day in, day out and become a force over time. And like, did anyone think like when Kenny Danico and, you know, the young devil's defense in the late eighties, early nineties would turn into something that would help them win, you know, three Stanley cups later. I mean, there is a beginning of a recipe. It's just a matter of having the right cooks in the kitchen and how many are there to advise this recipe. I kind of like that analogy. That's actually very good. Like we have the ingredients. We just need the right chef to, to cook it all together. And, you know, we're, we, the fans are like Gordon Ramsay. We're trying to pick that best chef or, or the front office is that they got to pick that right chef to uh, basically put everything together. So that way we could get back to where we know we can be. And obviously we had mild expectations coming into this year. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's just like, um, I, we, we can get there. I know we can. And I know we're in a dark place right now, but I guess I'd rather be in this dark place now compared to like last year where we, it was towards the end and everything was just pointless and it just made it worse. But I, I think we could turn around come mid season in, in my opinion, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, yeah. Uh, Jersey Joe, any final thoughts? Final thoughts is, just keep your eye on the world juniors. The devils have a couple of prospects there and then just keep an eye on, you know, anything, get ready for the, the COVID-19 break. Uh, there is a bit of a break there where the teams are just going to, you know, take a little pause and we're going to see what happens. I mean, we're likely not going to see any other um, games up in Canada or back in the States from games, you know, being played from Canadian teams. So it's going to be, I guess, back to playing U.S. teams to this point. And I guess things are going to be, get reconfigured and there's all this other stuff going on since Omicron is um, picking in in Canada and the U.S. And just um, we're not out of the woods yet. And like this team, we're not out of the woods yet either, but we will get to the end of the tunnel. Well, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It's always darkest before the dawn. And um, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, hopefully we can get this COVID uh, situation worked out. Like I said, um, I, I've shared my opinions on it in, in my show. I just, uh, I, I, my main priority is the safety and well-being for everyone. But like, like, uh, like I mentioned before on my show, I stand by my opinions and uh, in terms of how we should handle it. And quite honestly, maybe we should take the NFL route and just stop, uh, testing vaccinated players if they're asymptomatic that that's my personal opinion but you know I know some people can disagree with me in that regards but I think it's the right direction to take but like I said safety and well-being is top priority when dealing with something like this so my final thoughts is that I just hope that the devils just turn it around I know we can we have too much talent on this team um and and also I hope once we get Miles Wood back I I highly doubt we'll see him uh again this season if I'm being completely honest I'd be stunned if he does return, but you know, if he, if, if he miraculously is able to come back this season at, at any point, then I just hope for a, uh, just some more energy and just more spark. Cause I think that's where we're missing. We're missing our spark plug. And, you know, you got Nathan Bash and Mikey McLeod doing everything they could potentially do, but 
only they could do so much in terms of just lighting a fire under us. And uh, same with Gerson, even though I've clowned on him on my show before, but you know, <laughs> um, uh, that, that's how he, that's how he uh, feeds his family. That's how he pays the bills. And I'm not going to fault him for that, but I just wish he would play better. That's my thing. So, you know, yeah, I just, I just wish that he would play, you know, a little bit smarter. I mean, he could play a little bit rough and tumble, but I would like to see him get some offense going, but also provide more defense instead of just, you know, being a brawler all the time. But there, you have to manage that excess energy and use it more towards the game and not at the end of the game because it does you no good at the end, like that game versus Vegas. But really what I want to see done is the – the players and the coaches being able to cooperatively, uh, cooperatively work together as a whole. And I know I've, I mentioned the art of war recently, but you also got to have a self of direction. And to me, I find like, it's really hard to win games when you're not following those pillars and to kind of clear up, like one of my favorite quotes is if words of command are not clear and distinct, if orders are not thoroughly understood, then the general is to blame. But if orders are clear and the soldiers nevertheless disobey, then it is the fault of their officers for Sun Tzu. You know, my, my dad is big on the like civil war and things of that nature. So I think, he, I think you and him would get along just fine. But um <laughs> uh, Jersey Joe, thank you for taking time to just, you know, sulk in this misery. And um, we definitely need to do this again. Yes, we do. And uh, matter of fact, enjoy those Omaha steaks this holiday season. Christmas is upon us. Um, happy Festivus. Um, World Juniors is coming up. So keep your eyes peeled. And I always say, let's go Devils no matter what. You're right. And you, you know me. I love Omaha Steaks. Got to feed it to my family during Christmas time. Great deal. So uh, you, you do listen to my show. I do appreciate you. And uh, maybe we can give uh, some steaks to the Sasquatch squad if they do well. Oh, well, might as well got to get the uh, phone number for the, the Devils training staff so <laughs> they can use a promo code. Locked on, everybody. As you guys know, I love me some Omaha Steaks. So thanks again to Jersey Joe for just coming on and just having this pity party with me. Hey, it's always darkest before the dawn. There's always light at the end of every long tunnel. No tunnel goes on forever and ever and ever. However, it feels like it's ever and ever just based on how the New Jersey Devils are playing. But uh, hopefully, you know, with the new year uh, fast approaching, maybe the Devils will make some changes. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do with Lindy Ruff. It'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, Nazardine. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Recky, but uh, if Ruff is staying, then Nazardine and also um, Recky just have to go. That That's the bottom line of it. So you heard what Jersey Joe and I had to say about that whole ordeal. And uh, yeah, just let me know what you guys think on my Twitter page on Lockdown Devils. As for today, that's all the time I have for you guys. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Hang in there. Go Devils. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.